Welcome to the Startup Tank Climate Investor Pitch Show, the premier online startup pitch contest where top climate tech and impact founders pitch VCs looking to fund world positive companies. If you're a founder looking for funding or a climate or impact investor interested in joining and investing alongside forward VCs, syndicate, and companies that move the world forward, please visit thestartuptank.com for more details and to apply. But now it's time to enter the tank. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Ryan. I'm calling from here, from London, and uh, I'm the founder of Aeropowder. And we're a startup, um, an early stage startup, looking at the circular economy and surplus feathers. Um, as Matt's alluded to, um, what's really interesting, usually when people speak to us is they've never considered all the feather material that's generated by the food industry. It's a huge quantity of material. Um, poultry remains a very popular protein source. Uh, I know there's a lot of good work being done uh, about the future of food, but for now, pro uh, poultry is still on the up low um, sort of uh, resource footprint, environmental footprint compared to other sort of meat sources. But we never stop to consider what happens to all of the feathers. And it's a, as I said, it's still in many areas, incinerated, landfilled. Uh, here in the Europe, uh, we do have methods to convert it into a low grade animal feed, uh, but it's pretty good in my experience. And um, we could be doing something a lot better with that material. So we turn that, uh, we have a process to convert that into the world's first thermal packaging material made from surplus feathers. We want to harness the already amazing properties of that material and turn it into a packaging solution that can replace um, items like expanded polystyrene that's commonly used in um, you know, chilled deliveries. So thereby uh, getting rid of plastics, but also dealing with a waste solution in a true sort of circular economy philosophy. Uh, I'll talk you through the process while the video plays um, to skip forward in the interest of time. Uh, but essentially, yes, we uh, take feathers and then process them into an intermediate fiber um, we do have a patent on this process. Um, our efforts on this in this area are really concerned about optimizing this material for uh, excellent thermal properties. I'll come in those, into those in a second. Uh, but essentially, yes, we work with a manufacturing partner based out in Denmark. We can produce around four tons of products per week in a manufacturing run. Uh, and, you know, we've got now the expertise to sort of finish and package the goods at the end. So very simply, Plumo liners, I have one of them here, you might be able to still see my face. They're soft, they're lovely, they're very, very good at insulating. Um, they go inside a cardboard delivery box and will form a thermal barrier that means food or pharmaceuticals um, stay chilled during transport. And in this increasingly, you know, e-commerce um, focused world, you know, these items are, are very, very important as a sort of supply chain um, uh, solution. Now, it really does work very, very well. Um, we've compared um, Plumo against uh, both the sort of incumbent, in, which is expanded polystyrene, but a number of other sort of more sustainable solutions in the market. In the top left there, you'll see a graph showing how long does the item stay chilled inside the delivery box. More time means less spoilage, uh, less revenue loss, less, less angry customers um, walking away from your business as they get a very hot and, and uh, disgusting piece of meat, uh, food or whatever it is. So. Um, Yes, Plumo keeps, can keep uh, items chilled for longer, uh, more than polystyrene, uh, more than the sheep wool solution here in the UK. Uh, and excitingly, the Temper Pack, which is in the green there, is a uh, US startup doing great things, just raised the Series D um, by Goldman Sachs out in the US. So um, we've got the beating of them, as well as obviously focusing on how we can um, uh, have a positive carbon impacts through replacing plastics. So. We do have customers on the market, and apologies for annoying, someone to be doing building work. Um, but um, Primo is on the market. We're just launching this week with our newest customer, ByRuby, doing high-end um, frozen meals. So it's going well. Um, we have a small team. 
um, myself as the founder, um, a few others. Um, we've got Alex uh, and Fleming as full time, and a few other, other part timers. Uh, but it's still a small team, and we've got to where we are today, um, raising crowd cues and, and uh, various awards and grants. And now we're focusing on where do we go from here? We have a third party manufacturer based in Denmark. Uh, much like the previous um, presentation, we have many ideas of what we want to be doing and moving towards a pilot facility sooner rather than later or less expansive than many other uh, industries and areas of focus. Um, a lot of exciting work we're doing here. And eventually, at large scale, we want to pull back focused on being a sort of uh, uh, technology and licensing company with our innovation everywhere, able to access that um, 10 million tons of material around the world uh, and generating licenses that way. Uh, and the ask um, from us at the moment, we're raising a seed round. Uh, we're looking for two million pounds to accelerate our growth and basically prepare ourselves properly for that pilot stage. Um, obviously, we've got a lot of um, positive traction. We're also leading a two million uh, euro re uh, industrial research grant starting uh, this week as well. So, um, yes, we're, we're looking for extra capital to boost revenues and uh, get letters of intent ready for a pilot facility to move towards profitable manufacturing and the next stage of our business. And that should be five minutes yes it is and the rooster is yeah. about to cluck congrats oh, on nice. congrats on nell and the pitch that was uh that was super interesting the company's fascinating this is one i've been looking into as well uh potentially for our syndicate but first i want to hand things over kostas nadav do you guys have any questions for ryan and arrow powder happy to to go first thanks for the for the pitch really interesting um my first question would be about the the amount of adaptation we need to um to have for different customers. So, you know, when, um, assuming that, you know, we're still looking at the first um, application that it's, uh, you know, for, for the, the packaging, yeah. the thermal packaging, how much um, of an adaptation process is required to go from one client to the other or one application to the other? So it depends what stage you're looking at. And one of the things we did very recently is understanding that when you're providing packaging materials, customization, sizing, data identity is all very important. We can do that now. And one of the things we can do, which is nice about our process is uh, because you're physically cutting the materials, we can take the offcuts and recycle them. So there's zero waste in that manufacturing side of things. Um, what we do know is that we've done a lot of work on densities and, and the other things that may be you know, beneficial per client. And um, with the equipment we have, it's a case of dialing it in and obviously just producing a different set of materials. What the reason we've started with this packaging solution is that it's that lets us demonstrate a lot of things about the thermal properties of the material. So scaling up to do um, construction, for example, is, is less of a jump now. You're now making big plumos, thick plumos, you know, large sheets to go on housing. Uh, and it's that kind of mentality where we're always looked towards what's the next logical step and the make sure your adaptations are stepwise rather than huge changes needed to, to jump from industry to industry. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, good. Thank you, Ryan, for the presentation. It was very interesting. So a, a few questions. Maybe to start off, can you tell us a little bit more about the input, meaning how exactly is the process of collecting the surplus feathers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, I, keep, I keep drawing back to, to um, previous uh, uh, discussions, but what we looked at is the whole process, right, is, is we want to do something very new, very uh, novel of taking this mass-produced uh, material and it's a circular economy question of how do you access it, how do you process it, clean it. So what is going to happen is you're going to eventually have localized um, collection sites or, or on-site processing and washing of that material. 
and probably moving it to a central location for manufacturing. So that will involve arguably a very glorified and fancy washing machine, a drying, and then a cutting process into the, when you get to our product. Now, where we take this philosophy uh, as a business across a whole is looking at that big question and saying, right, what can we do to prove things now? We still have work going on in that washing um, uh, sort of area of our business, but that involves accessing very big businesses that don't really want to work with a small company and this little problem until it's ready. So we are intercepting pre-clean surplus feathers from the, the bedding industry. So we don't want to sleep on giant feathers that will stab us in the face. So we take that as a surplus. Our supplier currently will be putting those in landfill and we use that to create Plume as a product. It gets product to market, and obviously does all the things that we need to do. And uh, as we scale and move through our, our, our journey and development as a business, we will bring online the capabilities to source, you know, um, these tons of materials from uh, uh, poultry processing sites, uh, and obviously, you know, keep, wash those within a short amount of time and get them into our uh, production process. We have run a trial of one ton of pippin feather. That worked very well, some lovely material. Uh, so we're just really keen to, to, to get to that point at scale as soon as we can. Good. Thank you. One quick follow-up question. Can you tell us, can you further elaborate on the first customer? Like I think you said you, you, you mentioned. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what exactly? Yeah. Um, uh, this all started from actually a major uh, meal kit delivery business here in the UK. Um, it was Gusto, actually. Um, well, competitor for HelloFresh reached out and said back in 2017 even, can you do this for our delivery boxes? Uh, and we said yes, but they wanted 2 million units in a couple of years time and it was way too early. So we pulled back and our, actually our first customer was an ethical butcher based in Oxford. Um, it's a beautiful farm. It has all these eco toilets which aren't as fun as to use, but uh, do a good job for the environment. Um, but they send um, you know, uh, ethical and organic uh, meat produce nationwide uh, around the country. So we started supplying them before the pandemic. It was a bit of an interruption. Um, and now obviously now that we're, we're back on our feet and still supplying them, we found new customers as a, uh, a, a bagel delivery business in East London who are sending out cream cheese and smoked salmon using our, our, our packaging to keep that cool. Uh, and by Ruby, the one I referenced, um, is, a, is a business that's sending um, high-end frozen prepared meals, uh, kind of like a, you know, the supermarkets here in the UK, you've got the, the ready meals. Imagine a, a very upper-end version of that, frozen and then sending out nationwide deliveries um, using our packaging. And that's, uh, that's going out now. Thank you. Have you got any pushback from end consumers? I feel like that could be one main challenge. My meal just arrived and it's surrounded in chicken feathers and someone's yeah, yeah, yeah. a vegan or so, they're not comfortable. Firstly, on, on, for that exact reason, we've been sensible and targeting, obviously, for, for vegan and vegetarian businesses. This is not appropriate. Fully respect that. I have... Um, I have vegan meals uh, for, for lunch all the time. You know, that's, that's all good with me. Um, we are starting with meat, uh, meat delivery businesses and uh, uh, you know, people involved in animal-based produce, be it you know, full meals and these kind of things. Um, and then the messaging in general is, <laughs> I know I've talked a lot about feathers and I, I always sort of hesitate when I say it, but we're a circular economy business. We're about reducing waste in society and replacing plastics. And we also push the messaging of, oh, you know, we're already very used to these as luxury items um, in, in clothing and bedding. So trying to get that mentality um, uh, across is how we bridge that gap and, and making sure no one feels uh, put out by uh, what, they're, what they're receiving in their packaging. And it, it honestly does look like a luxury type product as you receive it. So that helps as well. Why did you decide to go first for 
food packaging as opposed to going straight for housing installation where you'd have larger sales, larger contracts, it'd be much more standardized? I think maybe if I had another go of it, it's almost impossible. But I think as a first time founder, you know, learning the ropes as you go, accessing construction is this, you know, you walk in and you suddenly realize how things work in the purchasing decisions, all these chains of sort of uh, the architect, the person that goes out, I can't even remember all the names of them, but then also things like um, fire safety, how long it takes to long short. So very easy for us to walk up to business, knock on the door and say, you know, you guys send this, would you like to use the packaging? Let's get it going. And we'll build up that um, experience, that credibility, and then we'll be able to access some of the more uh, difficult uh, markets. For example, pharmaceutical. So same sort of delivery system is being used all around the world for pharmaceutical last mile delivery. A lot of it is still based on expanded polystyrene. Uh, there is a higher bar to entry. So if we establish ourselves in the food industry for a bit longer, uh, now we are having conversations with people in the pharmaceutical industry. So it, it's a case again of low hanging fruit, what's easiest to, to access first, and we'll, we'll go back and attack uh, construction and, and these things um, sooner rather than later. Okay. And one, one last question from me before I hand it over to the other two would be, how does this compare on an insulation density? So for instance, if I want to, the, the, the bigger it is, the more it's going to cost a ship, the worse the climate impact is going to be. Sure. So where, the way we measure it, and, and everyone generally is comfortable with this kind of thickness, is roughly two and a half centimeters is the bog standard sort of thickness and size. And when everyone is at that, that thickness, Plumo comes out on top. So there's an argument that maybe if you wanted to and you're doing it right, you could reduce the thickness and therefore get more units in, uh, you know, more transport and keep the same performance or you, you buffer and have extra performance with our products. So uh, on a thickness and, and density perspective, you know, we still come out on top. That's great to hear. Kostas, Nadav, do you have any other questions for Ryan? Maybe one final question from my end. So, so I think you mentioned that you're going to, that the next step is to, to build your pilot. So, so at what scale are you guys operating right now? Yeah, so right now, um, I think if you look at our yearly revenue today, it would be a, we're around about the sort of, uh, 35,000, 40,000 on sales at the moment, 40,000K on sales. Um, we manufacture batch production runs with our manufacturing partner out in Denmark, and we will continue to do that over the seed raise, um, but obviously trying to max that out, basically. And once we've maxed that out, then the next stage comes the pilot facility where um, we'll do another raise, um, hopefully fund a lot of that with grants or debt financing or some kind of you know other less expensive capital. Um, but that's also the exciting part where cost of goods becomes profitable and we can quickly move to a sort of EBITDA positive um, scenario with a pilot facility, letting us get further revenues, but also do all the R&D and all the other exciting sort of products and, and industries uh, applications as well. And at that scale, by the way, we'll be looking to do about uh, 1,500 tons of, of feathers just to demonstrate. It'll let us do about uh, insulate probably 5 million boxes uh, over the course of a year. So again, it's not, People like HelloFresh are doing far, far more, um, but it'll be a start and it'll be enough to look at this pilot facility and say, I can see this, I can see how it works at scale. Who wants to build more of these all around the world, wherever there are feathers? So that's when you start licensing? That's when we start licensing. Okay. That was the last main question I had. Anything else, guys? We, uh, very quickly on that point, we are already in discussions and we were considering licensing quite early in the US. Um, it fell apart, not because of us, but pilot company out there just had to rearrange some things internally. Um, we would be looking initially at bringing Plumo to other areas via a subcontracted sort of situation, but um, that again establishes, you know, product market fit. And then 
licensing is actually more of a please take over the reins rather than us sort of overseeing and, and partnering. Um, but that's already in some discussions and we, we hope to have a test of US made Plumos within a couple of months. Thanks for tuning in to another segment of the Startup Tank Climate Investor Pitch Show presented by Forward VC. I'm your host, Matt Ward, serial founder, climate investor, and partner at Forward VC's Angel Syndicate, investing in companies that move the world forward. To learn more about me, download my free growth and fundraising guides, or to get help scaling your company, please visit mattward.io. If you're interested in pitching on a future segment of The Startup Tank, please visit thestartuptank.com. And if you're a credit investor interested in investing alongside us in top climate and impact companies that move the world forward, please visit forward.vc for more details and to apply.